What's shaking you two nights? Welcome to Lords of the Lombox presents the cover price comic book shakers of the week. Glad to see you guys can all join us toward this end of the weekday. We're so close to Friday. I'm going to just call it Freestyle Friday. YouTube nights, happy Thursday to you, or pre-Friday, that's why we play freestyle music on Thursday, because tomorrow's Freestyle Friday. Speaking of which, Gabe loves 90s comics, says it's good to the people, man. What's up, everybody? Welcome in on this Shaker Show this Thursday, happy Friday Eve. Some fun books on here tonight. Uh, so yeah, get ready for me and JB to drop some knowledge. Big shout out to uh, Cover Price for all the cool stuff on here this week, too. JB, I'm T-Shirt Brothers today, look at that. Uh, right. Say what's good. How you doing, everybody, and welcome to another fantastic episode of the Cover Price Shaker Show. I'm telling you, we're going to actually have a little education today. This information that we are dropping tonight is fantastic. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. I actually, mine is actually uh, McFarlane, McFarlane Spider-Man. Uh, mine is the Marvel T-shirt of the month. It's the Spider-Punk. the gift yeah, that keeps Spider giving Punk all year hot. round. That's right. Now, Tim, is that 300 or 301 on your shirt? Yeah, that's 301, right? <laughs> shit man yeah now you're questioning my life man now i gotta question myself it's 301 because that's the one with the weird pose i don't know they look the same to me i can't even tell but uh I'm well 301's the uh the red suit when the red suit comes back right so yeah yeah but this show is sponsored by our friends over coverprice.com so are your price guides collections and trends sign up for uh 6.99 a month 
Uh, you can get the shakers and movers and the weekly top 10 list. Also, our friends over at Key Collectibles, forwardslash.com, Facebook.com, Instagram.com, forward slash Key Collectibles for all your pressing, grading, submission needs. Also, our friends over at KRSComics.com. Use discount code of LOTLB for to save 10% off any KRS Comics exclusives. Uh, they don't have anything dropping tomorrow, but this bad boy almost, I think, almost sold out of the use sets on Wednesday, but nothing is dropping Friday. But stay tuned on Sunday. I think there's going to be another KRS Comics drop on Sunday, so you have that to look forward to. Uh, but this is the Shakers list, boys and girls. This is a list of uh, comics that are either unique or hit a high price. I would say this list is more unique than anything, and that's why they stand out. It's just a uh, unit sold. And so, like uh, somebody said, um, there's a good chance you got two out of the ten of these. Uh, you know, we didn't go, they didn't go too obscure with this list, I would say. Uh, Matt took it easy on you guys this time, man. But uh, there are some where I was just like, hmm, that's interesting. Hmm. But, but, you know, that's what the Weekly Shakers is for. It's for unexpectedness. So let's kick things off, JB. What do we got for the first one? All right, here we go. First one up on the list is Bob's burgers issue number one from dynamite entertainment originally published in 2014 and this in canon comic series dives into a whole new world of belcher shenanigans and saw a few new high sales this past week a 9.8 hit a new record of 300 dollars, beating out the previous sale of 210 bucks from june of last year now a raw book also sold for 60 bucks pennying its way to the top by a mere margin of two cents Right is another raw book sold on the same day for $59.98, and another one also sold for $54.98 the day before. Now, in comparison, the last raw sale recorded the week prior sold for about $35. So, this book is moving and certainly faster than Bob physically can. Cover price tracked four sales this past week and indicated an upwards trend of plus 8.04%. So, stay close to this one. Yeah, this is truly something of the 2020s, ever since the pandemic. Uh, Bob's Burgers has been around for a while. I'm pretty sure people are getting this because the movie's out. I don't, every week we say it, regardless if it was uh, first a comic book, uh, you know, if there was a TV, sh if there it was a TV show or movie first, and then they later made a comic book about it. People are out there getting it now. I don't know if you guys have seen the trailer for it. I don't know anything about bob's burgers but the trailer is kind of it's kind of goofy and out there but you can definitely uh, this is a, te a, a test to uh you know people buying it just because of the movie right i mean i don't know how well the movie's going to be i mean you know bob's burger is, does have a is cool this following a theatrical goes. release movie is this a it's Netflix a theatrical movie? release yeah no it's i saw it in theaters there's trail there's trailers for it yeah Holy it's shit. a it's a big screen adaptation so uh, but you know, you know how that goes, uh, you know, so they can uh, go and burn up quickly if there's not a sequel. So uh, I don't know if people ask for a Bob's Burgers uh, big screen feature, but you got one. So uh, Bob's Burger number one from Dynamite Entertainment, 9.8 sold for 300 bolines. All right. Here's uh, more in, uh, in, in, in room with comic book category. Actually, a great book. I, I did ask for a Bob's Burgers movie because I love that show. It's my wife and I's favorite show. But either way, let's talk about something that I also love, which is Shaker number two this week, Fantastic Four number 25 from 1964. The legendary uh, combination of the one and only Stan Lee and Jack Kirby brought together two titans for the clash 
of the century. However, this was not the first time these characters came across each other in battle. Fantastic Four number 12 was the first time that Hulk went toe-to-toe against Marvel's first family. This battle was left unfinished, and fans were clamoring for a definitive answer to the question, who would win in a fight between Hulk and the Thing? This issue answers that question, leaving no room for uncertainty in who reigns supreme. There are less than 1,500 graded copies of this book. Less than 30 of those are graded at a 9.2, according to the CGC census. The most recent sale of a 9.2 went for $6,900, which smashes past the value of its 2020 sale of about $3,500. It also clobbers the 2021 9.4 sale of $5,100. So with the Fantastic Four entering the MCU in the near future, and I cannot wait for that, hopefully we will see this iconic cover recreated on the big screen. Yeah, Marvel's known to be doing that. No, they're known to put scenes straight out of the comic books and put it on the shows and put it on the movies. So it's kind of interesting how all of a sudden now people are starting, you know, well, I guess, you know, it's already expensive, but 9.2 for $6,900. Wow, that seems, man, that's pretty crazy. Well, great, who, great. Who, who reigned supreme here, man? Who who won the fight? Uh, I think it was the, I think it, it was, was Hulk. The, yeah, it was the Hulk, Hulk one, Hulk. yeah. Yeah. And then there's the other cover too. I'm in FF12. I mean, there's some classic. Uh, the one where it's the thing, um, and it captioned the mon- the monster inside me or whatever. I'm trying to remember what that uh, issue was, but there's always it's always been this connection. Obviously, we all know, you know, Hulk would always. I mean, Hulk, the thing is strong, you know, and he's got spunk because you know he doesn't give know, up. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't give up. But come on, Hulk has. He, he, there's a reason why. Back in the Marvel Universe books, um, you know, they had the power scale and, you know, the thing has a, a, a they used to, I think, limit the strength by bench pressing, right? How much they can do. And uh, on the Hulks in the um, Marvel Universe, it was unlimited. In other words, the angrier he got, the stronger he got. So there was no way to quantify how strong he was. But the thing they they could put on him, like I remember specifically Colossus can lift 70 tons, right? Um, Spider-Man, I think, can do uh, three tons or was it 10 tons? Something like that. Basically, you know, three cars he can do. Uh, You figure a car is about three tons, right? Uh, Or at least used to be, you know. But I remember Colossus specifically. when That was one of my favorite things looking at the Marvel Universe books was the power grids, right? Oh, yeah. Sometimes it showed somebody's really smart or their psychic abilities, like, you know, Charles Xavier would be a 10, but then it showed the power set and you see how powerful, like, pure strength they are by bench press. I'm <laughs> very Isn't bro. Isn't a running uh, joke in the MCU where Thor kept thinking he was the most powerful Avenger? And, um, and in reality, the, the computer was, you know, denied him and, and it was Hulk. Yeah, that only started in Thor Ragnarok. And then it was in the Ragnarok thing? Okay. Yeah, that just started in Thor Ragnarok. And then it started again uh, in the most recent trailer where Thor has a hat that says, like, the strongest <laughs> Avenger or something like that. It's pretty funny, man. Yeah, I even so said fan- that, that 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 hat belongs to the thing. Because I think, or yeah, yeah. The, the Hulk. Because I think the Hulk. Yeah, everybody's going to be buying up that hat. All right, Fantastic <laughs> Four number 25 from 1964. $6,900 for 9.2, <laughs> boys and girls. Oh, boy. All right. Man. Ready for your first offer. Oh, 
for all right next up on the list we've got four color issue issue number 386 originally published in 1952 from dell now disney fans are some of the most passionate on earth and the fans of the classics have an eye for quality we go way back to 1952 to four color 382 to check in on this fan favorite scrooge mcduck in his first cover appearance that recently sold for an all-time high you ready for this fourteen thousand nine hundred and seventy one dollars for a cgc 9.4 with only nine at that grade on the cgc census and one at a 9.6 this type of quality book is scarce and rarely comes to market written and drawn by scrooge's creator carl banks it checks several boxes for collectors so in the event it does come to market Fans of the character and the comic tend to be anything but Scrooge-like when it comes to securing a copy. Yeah, Big don't money. sleep on those. Don't sleep on those Disney comics, man. I'm telling you, there's a whole subset of collectors that you don't even know about in the Disney world that will sp- spend big bucks. If you look for, like, Donald Duck's first appearance, um, Mickey Mouse's first appearance, all these in, in the comic books, um, our friend uh, Elvin Christian from Elvin's Comics has visited the Walt Disney Family Museum that's up in San Francisco, and I went there before, and they actually had uh, some comics. And funny thing is, they weren't even like the first appearances, and they weren't in, in best shape. It's kind of like going to Warner Brothers Studios tour, and they have uh, comics there. And I remember me and uh, Dark Side Jedi going there, and they had like a coverless cover, <laughs> uh, like a like a they had like a Justice League that didn't even have a cover on. I'm like, come on, WB, you can't. You can't I mean, and they you had can't pony co- up the cat. To even have yeah, the real yeah, they have in glass. If you go to the WB Studios tour, um, there's there's a whole wing where they talk about the comic books, and they showed like a uh, uh, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Green Lant- Green Lantern, Flash, blah, blah blah. So it's kind of interesting how they didn't even have good quality comics inside of that. So uh, I don't know if that's something telling about the studio or not, but either way, all right. So four color issue number three eighty six from nineteen fifty two from Dell Comics. All right, uh, this one is a weird one. You're muted, Gabe. All right, so let's go and take a look at this one. This is a new one for me. The gun number two. This is the Jeff Deco one in ten variant from Creature Entertainment back in 2016. So the cover price recently started adding some notable sales from whatnot. Once the sale is confirmed and we feel confident it's legit, the sale is added to our price guide. We were shocked by this week's new high sale of $1,070 for a raw copy by cover price friend Mel V of its drunken chat son on YouTube. We dug through three years of sales in our data and could not find a single sale except for this. Being one of the first copies to market, prices can be unpredictable. Jeff Dinkle has quickly grown into one of uh, the comics industry's most sought after artists. His older covers, like this one, are pretty rare and challenging to find. With this being the only sell, we have to see if it brings more copies to the aftermarket. If it does, this price will fall as that high rarity bubble will burst. We saw this recently with Ruby number seven, which fell from a high of $1,800 to its current fair market value of just $37. Uh, sorry for the $1,800 guy that bought that one. Uh, granted, this is a different circumstance as Ruby was known to be printed and no one knew where those copies went 
until they popped up in Walmart comic book packs. This, however, is a six-year-old, one-in-ten variant from a small publisher with tiny, tiny print runs. Stores were most likely not ordering 10 copies of this. Case in point, there's a black and white C variant with a confirmed print run of only 200 copies. If that one was that low, this Dinkle variant may also only be in the few hundreds. So far, only one hit eBay after that sell, which was listed for $1,500 and then pulled a few days later. We'll be watching closely for that next confirmed sale to see if this book is worth the aftermarket heat it's thrown on this first sale. I'm going to go and say his name is DeCall. DeCall? DeCall Jeff DeCall, yeah. Yeah, right. why not? I know. Well, we'll apologies to him for calling him. No I don't know. Dinkle, Dinkle, Dinkle. <laughs> <laughs> I think you did. You gave him three different names. <laughs> so I can only well, do I so want to recap the craziness to this. Yeah. What we're saying is this: this is the first recorded sale that they were able to find on this book for six years. For six, yeah. years, six years, and it went dormant. raw for a thousand dollars on a what not auction. Yeah, what's interesting is now that they're drawing in, um, um, you know, sales for whatnot. So, like, you know, like you said, though, it, it, they, it's a lot of harder. I know people from both sides of it. I know people from whatnot and people from cover price, and I, they've been talking to each other. So, first of all, you sell it and whatnot. You got to make sure the buyer is legit that somebody actually did buy it and it's not a shill buy. You know what I'm saying? So that's you know a lot of times you know the, you know part of the you know when these big things jump out but uh congrats to mel v for a thousand dollars for the the gun number two by jeff to call from creature entertainment uh oh, dinkle dinkleberry <laughs> <laughs> yeah like dinkle dinkleberry sorry man sorry jeff if we butchered your last name uh so the gun number two cover b a one in ten from creature entertainment remember 2016 what the hell anyway uh next up good chance for you to get on the list and another tough name to pronounce, but we're going to give it a shot. All right, next up, we've got Psylock issue number one, originally published in 2009 from Marvel Comics, and we've frequently covered the Harvey Tolabayo second print and its high market value of $200 raw in a 9.8 FMV of $700. However, this first print is joining in on the fun with this week's new high sale of $100 on the heels of its all-time high sale in a 9.8 of $351 from two weeks ago. Now, its scarcity has increased over the past several years as eagle-eyed comic hunters pluck these from the back issue in dollar bin limbo. Its gorgeous cover featuring the favorite ex-woman Psylocke, drawn by the amazing David Finch, is one of her best covers. As any fellow comic collector, you can't leave a cover like this behind, which is precisely why it's so pricey today. David Finch in 2009 was at the height of his powers. Uh, when Finch did Moon Knight and this cover, if you know, if you've seen his art recently, it's changed. It's not how like 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 the pinnacle of Finch covers to me is Moon Knight. Those covers he absolutely killed it on. But this is probably one of the most uh popular ones for obvious reasons right? <laughs> uh and i've seen a lot of people post this but this is an absolutely killer killer cover so psylocke issue number one the regular issue the regular cover in 2009 now fetching a hundred dollars in a raw copy can you i'm telling you man people raw dogs are starting to pick up right, right but you know we can't do a top we can't do a shaker's list without some uh 
some uh, Golden Age love. What do we got for the next one? All right. So not only Golden Age love, but you can't go wrong with this crazy monkey and tied up woman on the cover as well. As we talk about Terrors of the Jungle, number 19 from Star Publications, 1952. Awesome Tencent comic. A raw copy of Terrors of the Jungle, number 19, sold this week for $480. A pre-code comic that Star Publications published in 1952. This book, on the surface, seems like a typical pre-code jungle adventure comic, yet this is far from the truth. This cover artist is L.B. Coe, with interior stories and art by J. Dispro and Matt Baker. Thank you, those are easy names to pronounce. Despite this book being of historical, uh, historical significance, um, if you're not a Golden Age comic book collector, the names L.B. Coe and Matt Baker will likely not warrant a second look for you. Although they both have intriguing and distinct life stories that I encourage you to explore. Matt Baker, the first known successful black comic book creator, set the standard for good girl covers. He famously revitalized the Phantom Lady series and was a part of the creative team that produced the first graphic novel of the creator of Vuda, Vuda, the first black comic book hero. LB Cole is one of the one of the most collected pre-code cover artists of his generation, creating some of the most iconic covers of that era. Despite working creatively on comics simultaneously from the 1940s through the 1950s until Baker's untimely passing in 1959, Cole and Baker hardly crossed paths creatively, making the Terrors of the Jungle number 19 unique among the iconic books of that period. But wait, kids, that's not all. This is also one of the comics named in the novel of Seduction of the Innocent, also known uh. as Sodi. Sodi, written by Dr. James Rebomb, uh, poised that comics were ruining our child's youth. Is that the right name for the creator of that? Either way, uh, after the parental uproar, the Comic Magazine Association of America created the Comics Code Authority. Golden Age comics were often cited for various reasons through that period, from Wonder Woman and Superman to graphic crime comics. Matt Baker or L.B. Cole famously wrote or drew many of those, including this Terrors of the Jungle number 19. Matt, this is absolutely tame compared to the other pre-code horror books. You know what I'm saying? I mean, this is nothing. You got a glowing green monkey and a lady in a slightly. We have showed severed heads and boiling corpses on uh, the pre-guides. It's interesting that Sodi would, you know, obviously it was probably because of the Good Girl cover. You know, back then, Good Girl covers were basically pinups back in the day. You know, pinups have been around since the 30s and 40s, right? It started with the, our soldiers uh, um, uh, overseas, right? They would get pinups, you know, a famous, you know, Jane Russell and yeah, all these pinups. They painted and, them on the side of airplanes and stuff, too. Ex- exactly, exactly, yeah. So, you know, uh, good girls are just a, a way of doing the pinup, but it's it's funny how, you know, if if Sodi or Seduction of the Innocent, you know, pointed out something, I guarantee you people are going to go out and get it just because it's controversy sells. Even in 2022, even though uh, Seduction of the Innocent was... 70 years ago or so around there if my math does me well so there you go 
Pretty dope, man. That's uh, that's the Golden Ghost Gorilla, too, by the way. Terrors of the Jungle, issue number 19 from Star Publications from 1952. You know what? $480 sounds like a sounds like a steal to me. Um, even though what raw, even if it's like what a 1.5 or whatever, I still think it's a great deal for $480. So uh let's go from uh 1952 into something a little bit more modern. Hey Tiva, did you want to break for no at the midway point? No, no, no. we're gonna keep going. Cool. All right, next up, we've got Thor, God of Thunder, issue number 25, originally published in 2014 from Marvel Comics. Now, this issue just sold for 255 bucks in a CGC 9.8. All of nerddom and many pedestrians went crazy this week for Jane Foster. Marvel and Disney finally unveiled the trailer for Taika Waititi's Thor, Love and Thunder a split-second appearance of an armored-up Natalie Portman wielding Mjolnir as Thor sent fans and collectors through the roof. As is common knowledge amongst us comic aficionados, Jane Foster assumes the mantle of Thor after he's deemed unworthy, and she does a godly job. Jane's first appearance as Thor comes as a future vision a cameo in 2014, via Jason Aaron and Isad Ribic's final issue of Thor, God of Thunder. Jane immediately began starring in her own series simply titled Thor. Now, the first itch issue of which just sold for 390 bucks in the CGC 9.8. Now, these are both brand new record high sales. And Jason's, Jason Aaron's work on the book was masterful and is beloved by fans. And with the added incentive of Miss Portman's appearance as Thor in the new film, these books are utterly ablaze with interest. Now, Jane Foster's first appearance first appeared in Journey into Mystery issue nine, issue 84 in 1962, selling earlier in April for 2200 bucks raw. Also, Thor's second appearance as also Thor's second appearance as a nurse and love interest of Dr. Donald Blake, the crippled one-time alter ego of Thor. You know, you remember him, right? Oh, yeah. Odin thought yeah, Thor was such a brazen punk that he exiled him to Earth to live as a mortal. Now, Jane fell in love with Thor while weak, lame old Donald Blake internalized his love and pined over Jane. And Jane, of course, you know, she preferred Thor because, you know, ripping muscles, 0% body fat, command of the storms, and battling all manner of villains right before her eyes, often in her defense. Now, our first glimpse of Jane as Thor, well, Thor dis came in an out-of-continuity story from 1978 in What If? Issue number 10. Now, in that story, Jane finds the hammer of Thor and becomes a female heroine. Of note, this book sold the same day as Thor, God of Thunder, issue number 25, and Thor number 1, also for a new high sale price. You got ready for this? Of $1,390 for a CGC 9.8. And this book isn't even canon. I told you, Jane is on fire. Now, Jane has been a mainstay of the Marvel Universe, disappearing at whims of creative teams, but always resurfacing in a new and impressive ways. Her poignant and empowering turn as the Goddess of Thunder has been the most well-received, and now it's part of the MCU. These books will continue to rain fury upon collectors, and we shouldn't be surprised if we see more developments in their sales. The Jason Aaron run on Thor God of Thunder uh, is fantastic. Actually, there's a scene in the trailer taken directly from, I believe, Thor God of Thunder issue number three. 
where you see uh, Falagril or something, the behemoth. Uh, it's it's shown in the trailer. It's 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 Thor and Crag or whatever is this, the Rocky dude's name, and they're standing in front of a, like a giant fallen beast. That's actually. St- Taken right out of the comic books. I, I've shared it on my Instagram, so that just goes to show you how they're doing it. And I was I was watching this this YouTube uh, channel. I new new rock stars, I think, and I always follow them. They do great stuff. And there was like um, obviously uh, in the in the Jane Foster run where she takes over Thor, she has cancer, right? And it's a very like very emotional strong run, but. I can see how they can explain Johnny Foster having cancer because she came into contact with one of the Infinity Stones. Remember in Thor, right. the, uh, the Dark World, right? The Ether, and there all the Infinity Stones are basically ga- gamma radiation. That's what the Hulk told us, right? Mm-hmm. So I can see how somehow maybe she's got that cancer or something like that. And they could they could put that to the storyline. I think that would add some emotional oomph. To a story, you know, I you yeah, know it's a part part of her character too. I think. Yeah, well. it's such a great story run. If you never read it, I think at the end of the God of Thunder, the I think it's the Mighty Thor is what she's called that her 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 Thor run, I believe. Right, um, she sacrifices herself and she throws Molyneux into the sun. It's absolutely incredible. If I if I remember reading it, because it was one of the better story arcs. You know, this first of all, Thor a lot of God of Thunder with Aaron and Rebic. Great stories and incredible art. Um, all the way up to like when you see like the uh future future Thor, present Thor, and then like young Thor all together. And I think they're gonna put all those kind of things and put them in Thor Love and God. And th- I'm telling you, man, Doctor Strange is the multiverse of madness right in the Thor Love and Thunder. I yeah, yo, two months apart. That's all we have to wait. I'm so stoked. So Thor, God of Thunder number twenty five, two hundred fifty five dollars for a nine point eight because for all those people who missed out on the other, uh, you know, can't afford that what if issue because that what if issue, man. That, ever since it was announced at Hall H, San Diego Comic Con, that has been the go to issue. Uh, and then eventually, I'm surprised that's the the main issue people are going for. Well, that's cool. I talked to our friend the Big To Do, and he's like, he was at Hall H when they announced that uh, Jane Foster was going to be. In Thor: Eleven Thunder, and Taika Waititi handed the hammer, and he said, "Half of all lights, while went on their phones and went on eBay and bought what that what if Jane Foster book." Uh, so that's how I know it's like you know it's, they bought it immediately. All right, so uh, all right, what do we got for next one? All right, coming up next, we got good old Yosagi Yojimbo, number ten from Fanagraphics, nineteen eighty eight. Isagi Yujimbo and the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles have been around since the early 80s and share similarities, such as being animals that practice martial arts. The creators have a mutual admiration for each other. So surprisingly, they have only crossed over five times in almost 30 years. The second meeting uh, pitted Usagi against Leonardo and was the only crossover that wasn't drawn by Stan Sakai, but rather by TMNT co-creator Peter Laird. This week, the book set an all-time high when a 9.8 sold for $1,155 on April 13th, and a raw copy sold for $50 on April 19th, 2022. So this is the only issue that was drawn by Peter Laird? Probably first in, in the terms of Usagi Yojimbo. Uh, yeah, Peter of, the crossover, of the crossover ones. That's cool. Yeah, that is yeah. cool. Yeah, because, I mean, this is back when, you know, uh, small publishers always, they could always cost, promote with one another. If you think, you know, if you think about it. 
a team in, in you know, uh, like I said, the 80s was fertile ground of not just the explosion of independent comics, but I mean, if you think about independent movies, indie movies, like, you know, uh, indie music, it was, it was just a mindset of like, let's break from the establishment and let's support indie music. Let's support indie comics. Let's support indie, whatever it may be. Right. It was, it was just, I, you know, I, I remember, I, and I told the story before when I was at my shop and I bought the tick number one off the shelf. Right. And, um, and then, and then I go, and then I, you know, and I go, the tick, huh? He goes, what do you think people said when they thought about, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? I go, right, you're right. I guess I should buy the tick number one. Then. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you make a good point. What about this Radio Black Bad Hamsters book? He goes, well, I don't know about that. But, you know, <laughs> that was another ripoff of, of uh, TMNT, I think, was Radioactive Black Belt. Adolescent hamsters. Hamsters. Adolescent, Adolescent hamsters. Adolescent hamsters. Oh my hamsters. god, that would make a good name of a DJ group, like Invisible Scratch Pickles. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Usagi Yojimbo, number ten, Fantagraphics, uh, from uh, wow, eleven hundred dollars for a nine point eight. I bet you this is damn near impossible to find. Um, we did a signing and- at Torpedo that had Kevin Eastman and Stan Sakai, and they are the sweetest, just. The greatest people ever you're going to meet. For somebody like Kevin Eastman, who's the creator of Ninja Turtles, probably has more money than God. The most down to earth, just respectful, loves his fans kind of guy. It's it was has, great. Has Eastman and Laird made up yet? Have have they done signings together? Because I know um, they were split uh, after. Um, so so let me drop some gossip real quick about that. Yeah. So when we had them, when we had Kevin Eastman over to the show or over to the store, this is right after that Toys That Made Us episode came out. And everybody was asking on the same question, like, hey, um, you know, it's really nice that you and Peter Laird became friends again and you got reconnected over the years. And he said, he told me, he told everybody else that that Toys That Made Us episode was completely just fabricated. They just kind of just edited what they wanted to. They were always friends and they always stay connected. It is just that Peter Laird is kind of a, um, of a recluse. And I don't know if shut in is a bad term, but, you know, he's one of those types of individuals. So he doesn't do a lot of signings or if he does, it's locally like he doesn't fly. He doesn't go cross country. He doesn't do anything like that. But they've always been together and friends and collaborators and things of that sort. It's just that toys that made us thing just kind of. Yeah, that's awesome. Built their own kind of story behind it. That's where that the story comes from is there's a there's a it's an excellent series, by the way, the toys that made us. Mm-hmm. And one of the episodes they talk about in Teen Mutant Turtles, where one of them wanted to just be like, hey, I want to be underground and just doing comics. And the other one said, no, I want, you know, pizza, pow, cowabunga and merchandising and everything. And it caused a split. And then at the end of the episode, they showed them like get together. So, you know, so, you know, I don't always believe what you see. Uh Pamela Lee and uh, Tommy Lee, though. Pamela Anderson and Tommy Lee, I believe that 100%, though. <laughs> because, uh, shout out to my man, Ages Comics of Alaska, for the $20 super chat. Thank you, brother. 80s hip hop and comics. That's right, man. You can't go one and one without the other, man. Uh, hip hop and comics in the 80s kind of grew together. And there's, uh, there, I'm going to do a show one day where I show you guys um, hip hop um, hip hop albums that were basically comic book artists way before like uh, mcfarlane uh did the cover for uh, what was that the nine who am i thinking about come help me out nine, not nine nine inch nails but uh the other guys uh, um um uh, t- 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 corn corn yeah 
Way before that, if if you look at Planet Rock by Afro Mambada, was basically a combo cover. Not not homage to anything, but they had like a dollar bin space in the top of the left-hand corner. Uh, the Afro Mambada album, and that was like 82, 83, right around there. Uh, Nucleus, also from 82, 83, back when it was called, we call it Electro now, but it's got like Electro Hip Hop, right? We call it Electro Hop. So the Nucleus album, Jam On It, also featured uh, uh, the cover, made it look like, a, uh, the album cover made it look like a comic book. And in the comic, they even says, like, Superman came down to me and he said, yeah, I rock so naturally. It's, I mean, it's always been there. I mean, everybody thinks yeah. about, you know, comics and hip hop, you think about Wu-Tang Clan or DMC, but it goes way before that when it was part electro hip hop. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's, I, I was on a show one time where we were talking about, it. I, you know, I'd love to do that. I may one day just switch my show over to just be all about music and, um, comics. Um, when I announce my retirement from YouTube tomorrow, I'm just kidding. Tomorrow. Who knows? <laughs> may need. All right. What do we got up next? All right. And next up we've got, WWE issue number 22, the one in 15 Iron Sheik variant from Raza, originally published in 2018 from Boom Studios. Now, WWE has a massive and loyal fan base. However, not all of them are comic book collectors. While the WWE comic series was successful, it had a niche and targeted fan base. Due to this, it was mostly only ordered for pull customers who requested a copy. Not many stores were ordering multiple copies of this series, especially by issue number 22. A common thing, a common theme that rings through our market reports. Now, we noticed that variants featuring the iconic stars of the WWE, ranging from the 1 in 15 to the 1 in 100, have all been selling at high raw prices. This 1 in 15 Iron Sheik variant by the incredible Raza is just an example of one of these that are quickly turning into impossible to find variants that WWE collectors have to have. Now the Iron Sheik set a new highest sale of $97 raw this week and will continue to climb. That is wild. Um, just so let me try to put you in the mindset of a eighties kid. Um, the WWF used to have, action figures and cartoons and all these things but it was like you know and it was made for kids but then the 90s came along and it was like kind of this adult tna kind of thing but to think about it you remember the the wwf action figures i mean all the toys and there was a hulk hogan cartoon at one point all this w i mean it was amazing and then in the 90s it just kind of took over it was wcw nitro versus wwf raw and they just went really adult with it but to think the wwf was really like for kids and then you know but i mean and then i remember it was like on late saturday night i think it used to be after snl they used to have a show and they used to have matches like, you know, Coco Beware and all this other shit. I, I'm not into wrestling now, but man, when I was in my teenage years, I was hardcore. I was like WCW. Every Monday night I had to watch WCW. I was a WCW guy, not a WWE guy. But this is an absolutely good. And I don't know if you guys have ever followed the Iron Sheik on social media. He is fucking hilarious. I, it, he has a official Twitter account. And he says he is in character on his Twitter account. It's some of the most outlandish shit you have ever seen. I, I highly suggest you go give uh, the Iron Sheik a follow. It is absolutely hilarious the kind of stuff he'll come out and say, man. But uh, yeah, believe it or not, Iron Sheik, 
I don't know if he still has it, but there was a while there when he was post stuff and it was, he had a check mark. It was like, but he was in character while he was Iron Sheik, which is awesome. All right, so we go from WWE number 22 to the last one. I'm going to let you read this slowly while I go over to the bathroom real fast. <laughs> All right. So, last issue up for the week as I read this slowly. No. So, we're talking about Caliber Presents number one from Caliber Press 1989. This is James Obar's Crow series, has been a Copper Age darling. We've written about Crow related properties two weeks in a row. So why not make it three, as cool comic news keeps happening? At the beginning of April, we saw renewed interest in The Crow, with the news that uh, Bill Skarsgård had landed the role. The Crow number one hit an all-time high for a CGC 9.8 of $18,000. Again, $18,000 for Crow number one 9.8 back in January. And another CGC 9.8 copy recently sold for $14,400. Both significant sales considering how rare we see CGC 9.8 copies come up for sale. Last week, we wrote about a lesser known but still excellent Crow Key, Dead World number 10, which contains a back cover preview image of the Crow and the variant that hit an all-time high for a CGC 9.8 copy of $710. That brings us to this week where we saw the first appearance of the crow and caliber presents number one hit an all time high for a CGC 9.8 of $3,600. The large price gap between caliber presents number one and the crow number one is pretty interesting as there are 79 and 42 CGC 9.8 copies on the sentence respectively. Caliber presents contains an eight page origin story so it's not like it's just a quick cameo. Move over, there are only about 125 more copies of Caliber Press number one than there is the Crow number one on the CGC census. Is that a sign of people undervaluing the actual first appearance of the Crow? That is interesting. How is the number one going way more? And not just way, 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 way like more. Three, <laughs> like like thirty five hundred bucks, basically, as opposed to like eighteen, fourteen thousand dollars for number one. I get number one's the black cover, and it's gonna be hard to find a nine point eight. But first appearance is still the first appearance. Yeah, but I, I would argue also that the crow cover is, you know, a lot better looking too than you know whoever the fuck this dude is. Uh, <laughs> I want to say because I've seen these before. We've I've, I've 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 held plenty of these before. I think the back cover of Caliber presents number one. I might be wrong. I think the back cover is the cover for Crow number one as well, if I yeah. remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, my boy. Len- yeah, but that's funny because my boy Lenia just sent me a picture of this, and <laughs> the other day and I was like, "Whoa!" I was like, "Yeah, yeah." <laughs> uh, I know Lou has. Raise your hand if you've ever put your spouse in a camel clutch. Shout out to Lou for the phenomenal uh, super, super chat. Uh, by the way, him and Amy, uh, she they did some great photo shoots where she's like one awesome woman doing all shoot. kinds of stuff. You know, uh, we got to get Lou. I said, you know what? We got to get some of that money on Lou so we can see Lou uh, doing some stuff. Uh, oh, you want to get him like all Tim- called up into a cosplay photo shoot now? I would well, argue this icon is not cool. Yeah, I would argue this man. does not look like Tim Vigil art. If you ever read Faust. That art is absolutely fantastic. It's crazy, yeah. It's so detailed uh, and so um, 
graphic. Let's just There's not let's enough put penises on this cover to be uh, a <laughs> visual cover. Yeah, no, but just the amount of details in because there's black and white pencils on the Tim Vigil uh, run on uh, Faust. I, I I'm I'm so I'm so mad that I sold. I had the entire six. I think it was a six issue run, right? So whenever I do see it, I want to get it. But I was like, oh my god, they're asking so much. But I that was like right when I was collecting. You know, you know, I was in my my maybe my early twenties. And so reading Faust, I was like, oh, my God, this is like a, this is like a dirty magazine here. What's going on? There's all kinds of, uh, you know, issue one and two are probably the most, uh, but it's also like uber violent as well as uber sexual, right? If you think Saga is sexual, then it's it's like PG compared to what uh, Faust was. So uh, Caliber presents issue number one. Let's go see what's shaking today, boys and girls. So like, uh, Tim Visual, as we do the, the seamless transition, Tim Visual did do work. And Caliber presents number one, but I'm not sure if he did the cover. He did a eight page story in there, I think, but I'm not sure yeah. if he did the cover because again, the cover doesn't have enough like sexual like innuendo. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have any like depravity of uh, what uh, it has on there. Let's see what's uh, here's the weekly top ten. You know, it's funny this book, this this like Doctor Strange book number here. You know, you know, people are speculating on. Sure enough, went to my LCS today. I was like, oh look, Doctor Strange forty four, forty five, forty six, forty seven, forty nine, fifty, fifty one, fifty two. Typical. Yeah. Uh, these are users, and these are this week's shakers, boys and girls. Uh-oh. Let's see what's shaking today. What's shaking today it changes hey, every that. single day. That first yeah, silver surfer. You're showing off again. Look at this guy. Man, that's right. Mine is a, I think mine's a 7.0, I think, on this one. But uh, yeah, it's only a matter of time. That, that book is going to be nuclear. So oh, nuclear yeah. once that thing shows up in the movies, man. Oh, most definitely. Now, now the story arc was three different books, right? It was a 48, 49, 49 50. 48, 49, or 50. Arc. 49 is actual the first appearance of uh, Galactus. Okay. Um, full of cover. And yeah, then fifty is like the doo doo brown cover. The doo doo brown cover. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that one's even that one's even pricey now too, though. Yeah, that, that's, that's the first appearance of the ultimate nullifier. It's the end of the yeah. storyline. First appearance of White uh, Wingfoot. Yeah, yeah, it's a great cover. The silver, like solo Silver Surfer flying. You know what I'm saying? It's a it's a great cover. Uh, but I remember that's like the trilogy of you know. For me, I was like, I got I got forty eight and forty nine. 7.5 and 7.0. So then I started mm. looking for 50 and I was like, oh my God, I'm getting priced out of it already. So it's like, <laughs> you know, whatever, man. I have a, uh, I have 48 and 49 and 8.5 and my 50 is a 6.5, I think. Why do I think this is Tyler Kirkham? Hmm. It looks like Tyler Kirkham Invincible posed to me for some reason. Is this Tyler Kirkham? It doesn't say. It says Singapore Comic Con. Pretty dope I can't cover, read the, the signature on there. But it's yeah, only but this, oh, 250 copies of it. Yeah, one or two hundred fifty. But you know how the invincible covers are, where they're kind of yeah. a little off center, and it strikes the same the, pose. I'm, the whatnot, the whatnot ones. Yeah, exactly. I just got, yeah. I just got those in the mail today. Ooh. Uh, Jack is supposed to save mine, and I haven't, haven't still gotten mine yet. Damn it! <laughs> oh, look at this. Really ever see this bad boy? Namora number three. I've never Guns seen this before in my life, man. Sea beauty, Namora, Namora. Look at the guns on her. $918. Yeah. She is yoked, yo. From I like how this is like at a sawmill of all things. <laughs> like, who fights at a sawmill? Look at the other covers here. These are great covers, dude. Yeah, she was extra yoked on issue number three. <laughs> look at it. Hey, look out. I am looking. Woohoo. 
Yep. Yeah. She even got the wings, ankles on the wings and ankles and everything. Wow. Yeah, just like her. Uh, was it her cousin? I think it's Namor's her cousin, right? I'm trying to remember what the original origin of Namor versus so. Namor. Na- because there's Namor, Namora, and then there's Namorita. So uh, oh my goodness, dude, uh, you're showing one. off again. Look at this row. Good lord. Showcase. First appearance of the Creeper, $895 for a raw dog. Look at Dude, that. I met the Creeper yesterday on 420. Man. Whew. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I assume you meant that metaphorically, yeah. <laughs> metaphorically, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, I have run around with big red Ghost Rider. Holy uh, shit, a 3.0 is now at $1,200 from our Spotlight 5? Bruh, I can't oof. I am glad I, I I'm glad I, I I pulled I pulled at a 7.0. I finally bought one nice. like a couple years ago. Yeah. So, I got a raw uh, copy and I sent it in. It, it came out a, a five, I think a five five, but then I five, got five, it signed yeah, by uh Roy Thomas not too long ago. So I'm gonna get it pressed and resend it. And so we'll see how that there comes you go. back. But I don't know why, but I mean Ghost Rider is out sales moonlight and everything. Do you remember the heritage auction? Uh, Marvel Spotlight number five mm-hmm. was like two hundred and eighty thousand or something like that. It yeah, was that nine point eight. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I don't even think first Moon Knight goes from. Oh, you know what? Let's look it up. I no, I think I think Moon Knight nine point eight are like fifteen grand, something like that. I'm maybe a, I'm gonna tell you right now, man. This is the beauty of going live. This is the one right here. Oh, scroll up. Thirty one. Highest known 31. value is is thirty one thousand dollars two hundred. That was in twenty twenty. Yeah. So um, that's not what it's going for now. What's the last nine point eight sell? Wow. What show is? Was that yeah. the last one? It was March two thousand twenty. Yeah. So maybe if somebody hasn't put one up yet, but at Heritage, somebody they were paying two hundred eighty. Let's see if it's on here actually. No, I think so yeah, gonna... when do you think is going to happen when someone puts an up up another yeah. nine eight? It's going to go for a quarter mil. Two hundred sixty four thousand uh, dollars in in Ghost Rider. Um, man, can you imagine the Heritage fees on that one? Oh, go, good Lord have mercy. Mysterio back on the list. Little Doctor Afrolove. Mm-hmm. This is the if you don't if you can't get FF forty eight get Silver Surfer number one. This the I best think origin this, story of any Marvel character. I think this book is slept on. First appearance of Dark Phoenix. Oh, that I agree. Cool. Second appearance of Jean Grey as the Dark Phoenix. Um, I'm saying I think it's the first full appearance of. Uh, here, hold on, I got a, I got it right here. Because one hundred and one was her first appearance as Phoenix rising out of Correct, the ocean, yeah. and then I thought this was the first Dark Phoenix. Yeah. Man, shout out to the 130 plus people hanging out with us in the chat. If you enjoyed tonight's show, take a moment and give us a thumbs up. We really do appreciate you hanging out with us tonight. Tebow's about Let's... to do a little showing off. What's what you got here, man? <laughs> Let me see here. <laughs> um, X Men 135 says first full appearance of Dark Phoenix as Jean Grey. That's what mine says. So here, let me show myself right quick. Here's oh, a signed. One. Is it Claremont? Yeah, it's Claremont yep. Chris Claremont Thanks. always signs on the logo, yeah, or he tries too. to at least, tries to sign on the logo. He always tells you that. So, uh, like, I remember one time it was like somebody put a letterbox, you know, they and they, they put the signature down here, and the story was he ripped it off, and he signed it up <laughs> on the thing. So for the longest time, I always said, hey, always remember, if you're going to uh, box, what's the what's the proper saying for that, Gabe? Um, uh well, signature you know, windowing, box. yeah, Window. w- signature windowing your your comics before they get slabbed. Um, don't put it. I didn't put over the logo, so you know. So there you go. Um, all right, so let's get back I, to here, boy. I agree with Aegis that that last movie kind of tanked the value of the Dark Phoenix. I think. Well, I think once Feige gets control of it, 
it'll get the Feige effect. So uh, mine's a 9.8 for $690. But I think it'll take a while for them to do the uh, Dark Phoenix saga, right? Because, you know, they're, you know, they're going to do the whole X-Men, go through the whole thing. I, you know, once Feige gets a hold of it, I, I think it'll be a, quite a few years before we see them do the Dark Phoenix saga. And they're not going to make it over the span of. They already screwed one, it up twice. <laughs> yeah. They did it at the end of one of the FF films and then, you know, at the uh, and then Bart basically the entire other movie. Like I thought they did it better in Age of Apocalypse where she just showed up and she just mm-hmm. had walked on air and, and the Phoenix Force came out of her. Um Um here's what uh, somebody I think you asked is just our um Didn't I just GB, ask this like to, Yeah, which one to get? Yeah, I said get them all. This is one of Get them, them all. This, this is a cameo and origin of him later warlock. Wow, seven point out for five hundred eighty nine bucks. That seems pretty cheap to me. That's not bad. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about a book from that's sixties, right? Yeah, sixty seven. Yeah. Oh Lord, how much? Oh, it's not on there. The previews. <laughs> ah, let us look Get and see previews. how the mighty have fallen. Now, here you ready? For, let's, let's slide down. Does it say anything? Anything special about it? Key. Okay, now question. Go back one issue. No, no, no. Meaning this is ninety five, and everybody buys this one because he's on the cover. But if you thumb through 94 he's in there bingo <laughs> featuring ultimate follow with miles morales in costume that's the one that's actually the first if you well that's why I mean, it, it was but sketchy the, when this the thing next was... one is because it's on the cover that thing's on yeah, the cover and that's people, why it's sketchy ooh, when ooh. Uh, people were paying this much for it eleven thousand dollars back in and we were doing the top 10 list back in 2007 and we had brought it up that we had even looked up it was the same person that was buying them all up and so um, let's see how but much his logic, though, because I, I think there was an interview where they asked him, you know, why? We, why do you think this has got value? And he and he his numbers were sound. He, was, he started kind of quoting the census and saying, hey, this is what's well, out there. And then whoever interviewed him I what's think out it there was, this. was part of a, a part of the shill anyway. It was part of the shell game. So take that for what it is. That, I've heard those... of people ordering cases of this from Diamond because Diamond still had a case of these in, in stock. Yeah. And oh, they were just my buying goodness. Cases of them. This kind of started the preview craze, I think, back in 2000, um, you know, 2021, when we started doing the show in the midst of a pandemic, you know, and, you know, it's funny, you know, you can get a 8.5 for $511, though. Pass. <laughs> that to look for? Yeah. Um, you know, a fool and his money is what what's the yeah. old saying, right? Um, Easily parted. Uh, there's the a, doo-doo cover. <laughs> House of Secrets what? number 50. Uh, First appearance of Swamp Thing, $500 in a raw comic. Let me tell you guys my story of my House of Secrets 92. So I started slabbing comics in 2001 is when I first started slabbing comics. Uh, you would basically mail off your comic and eventually, hopefully, they would come back one day, right? There was no, there was no like, you know, CGC tracking or systems that you could use. You mail it off. My story was in 2001, I sent off a Hulk uh, 181 uh, uh Uncanny X-Men 94, Giant Size X-Men 1, and House of Secrets 92. This House of Secrets 92, I bought off eBay, and this is in the wild, wild west of eBay. He sent it to me, this book, in an envelope without any carpet backing. And so what my mailman did was fold it in half and put it inside oh my, my mailbox. God. So I had a crease going down the middle. So in 2001, there was no pressing back then, right? You just, I mean, if you want to press your book, you just put it underneath a, a short a, box. A phone like a, book, right? You're exactly. Stuck in between two phone books. But, I mean, even that wouldn't have fixed this, but I was so pissed I got a crease on it. I think it came back like a 6.0. 6. 
Um, I'm and I was so pissed off that I was like, oh my god! But and nowadays you have buyer protections or seller protections and uh, buyer protections. So did you, you know, hear you're... what happened to Otto? Was it Otto? I mean, he literally sold a nine four. I mean, it was oh, a nine yeah. four. And yeah, the guy's like, I don't like how any... this nine four looks. Yeah, you can <laughs> you can dispute anything on eBay, and eBay will take your side as the seller. And there's. There's been people on YouTube who've actually given bad advice to saying, hey, if you buy something and, and it goes back down in price, just return it because eBay allows you a 30-day uh, release window. I won't say who it is, but it's somebody of the comic community who said this. And they said, That's you know, if you buy bad spec and the price goes down, you can you have 30 days to return it. Because by, for the most part, even if you say it's non-refrendable, it's refundable on eBay. You know what I mean? I mean, that's like people returning Christmas trees to Costco after Christmas and, yeah. and then Costco taking them back. I mean, like, what the hell, man? Come on. <laughs> that's a very unique observation. I like that one. Oh, man. I'm so disappointed in this one. I got back my uh, Hulk one, uh, my Hulk um, 340. 340. Came back a 9.0. Oof. Ooh. 9.6 is a bit outside. 418. <laughs> now, you want to buy it, I'll give it to you for $200, man. $200. $200. Um, we, we need to do another sale, Tivo. We need we need like a half year sale, a summer sale, something. Daredevil, fantastic first appearance of the hand, four hundred ten dollars and a nine point eight. Yeah. This is that's, all must have. That's a good price. That Frank Miller stuff is dirt cheap, and it's nothing but keys. Not important historical parts. Yeah, I, that was well, one of my collecting goals. Dirt from cheap, but it's from two thousand sixteen. That was my goal: was collect the entire run from his mm-hmm. first work in one fifty eight. All up to like whatever two hundred and five, like the Frank Miller, the Frank Miller run that he did, you know. And unfortunately, I got stupid and I, I sold like first one fifty eight, then I sold first Prince of Electra and all these when the Netflix shows came out, and you know I should have held on to them. Um, there we go. All right, now 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 I'm confused. What's sixty six? You showed me sixty seven. What was sixty six? Fantastic Four sixty six. Just the mention of the high. Down, no down down one next level. Next row, first left. one. First one, yeah. Fantastic this is story. also another so one. The, why is it first a key? Like a coon. The, oh, yeah, it's the origin. It's, orig- okay. it's origin of him. Yeah. So but, you got you the know, origin you, of him before you actually got the cameo of yeah. him. It, tell you the warlock's so first appearances are so convoluted. So, but I, I'm lucky I got them all. <laughs> so back way back <laughs> when, when when I was first seeing it. Hey, come on now, let's talk about it. Boom. Last one Boom. of the night. Doctor Strange number 169, first Doctor Strange solo series, Raw Dog for $338. How many of these do you own? I have two of them. Two of them. Yeah. Did you bring one? Didn't you bring one to WonderCon that you were trying to like trade up or something? Yeah, that was my lower grade one. I had uh-huh. a uh, I had a seven point five. I was gonna I was gonna trade, and I was like, you know what? I remember LVM was like, you know what? Don't do it. I was like, yeah, yeah, unless because I because you only early, good time to trade a slab. And let me stop sharing now. If you go to a con and you don't want to spend money, bring in slabs and you can use it as uh, say, hey, I'll trade you this and some cash to get the book that you want. But I will tell you this caveat, though. Do not go to a um, a booth that has that doesn't have any slabs because they don't put value on slabs. Mm. You know what I mean? They put value on raw comics. If Whereas turn, if you give them a slab and you can like, Hey, you got these other slabs here. You want to make your money back? Put this up there and you can sell it today and uh, give me this book, you know? So, uh, but if you go to a booth and a lot of booths have that, you know, Gabe, we saw it at WonderCon. There's a lot yep. of booths that just, just nothing but raw comics. No, no, no slabs at all. Um, you know, 
I would say like five years ago, four years ago, I remember there's a couple booths that just didn't like believe in CGC. They're like, we don't, whatever. We, yeah, there's we, a lot of people that still have that old school mentality of just yeah, regular but books. You, you and I both remember there used to be this mentality of, oh, slabbing is uh, blah, blah, blah. I'm I'm an Overstreet guy. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Those but, are the know. best booths. Find that booth that's still great. Find the guy that busts out the Overstreet book. <laughs> Take it. Yeah. Take everything. Exactly. They yeah. won't do that nowadays. Yeah. It's almost the, the polar opposite is the guy that brings up eBay. Right? Or, <laughs> you know, or, or GPA on their phone or something. Yeah. Exactly. All right, boys and girls. We have held you captive long enough. Gabe, any last words? No, not nothing much, but just, hey, thanks, everybody, for showing up. Uh, follow me on Instagram, Ninja Comics on whatnot. Uh, and uh, thanks again for showing up, everybody. Thanks. JB, any last words? Yeah, thanks for showing up again, you know, Thursday night. And... Go check out Ages Comics of Alaska. Follow them on Instagram. They're hilarious. The content they're putting out. They got a YouTube channel. Um, I'm not doing too much on my channel, but hey, swing on through Discovery Bay Comics. Check me out. Appreciate it. Yeah. Uh, until I uh, see you guys Tuesday for the Cover Price Top 10. And speaking of Ages Comics of Alaska, before we get you hit through your outro, keep digging in them long boxes. Hey, guys. It's Lou here, your out-of-shape comic book collector. And I'm welcoming you to another episode of What to Put in Your Box. Oh man, you're not gonna believe this, dude. Your book came back a 9-8. A 9-8 karate kick! Oh. <laughs> hey guys, it's Comic Lou here, and this is another episode of our Top 10, where the comics we talk about, ironically, are on my eBay store. And I'm here, Joined by the comic sensei from Alaska himself, Kevin. What's up, guys? We got our top 10 books. This is on our top 10 here. It's uh, Peach Momoko. Peach, Peach Momoko! Take a look. I love Peach Momoko. I love Peach Momoko. Dude, dude, it's my book. Dude, stop! It's my book! Dude, stop! <laughs> Man, I'm T-Ho from Lords of the Short Box. Screw that guy, British style. Yo, DJ Curse Words, kick it.
Please, I know that the Lord is up to you. Um, What's in the box?